any of these five steps that we have talked about. Therefore, there are two sets of people among those who are not vaccinated, one being the left out and the second being the dropouts. Now, with COVID vaccination, we have a new term, which is called vaccine indifference. The word indifference actually means that there is a lack of a strong intention. Vaccine indifference is defined as the lack of a strong intention to vaccinate. Therefore, it's a situation like where the person thinks that if I'm vaccinated, it is fine. If I'm not vaccinated, then also it is fine. The person may be eager to vaccinate, but over time, due to multiple issues of the five A's that we talked about, the person may become indifferent to vaccine. The person may think that, fine, I will wait for the vaccine a little more, and we will see later on whether I take the vaccine or not. The second thing that might happen is that the person may be hesitant to vaccinate over time due to better awareness, due to better evidence that the person sees around you know, herself or himself that all other persons are taking the vaccine and they're better. The person reads on the newspaper that the, with the vaccine, the people are getting less sick. The, you know, the, the degree of sickness is much lesser. With all these, the person is influenced. The person has a better access and supply of the vaccine and the person may become indifferent, which means that the person may then think that fine, maybe I'll take the vaccine. So now, you know, let us look at, you know, the COVID vaccination situation, just a snapshot so that we can have the next round of conversation about what we need to do to address the problem. So if you look at the vaccination coverage today, uh, it, this data is from 15th of August, around 545 million uh, people in the country have been vaccinated. The uh, coverage in the eligible population, which means that 18 and 18 plus, with a single dose, 45% of the people have received the vaccine. And in terms of the full vaccination, 13% are fully vaccinated among the 18 and 18 plus age group. If we take this to the whole population, which includes the children below 18 years of age, we will see that only 31% of India's population is today vaccinated with at least one dose of the vaccine, and 9% of the country's entire population is vaccinated with two doses of the vaccine. Now, India needs to vaccinate 9.7 million every day to achieve full immunization by December 31st of this year. This is the goal that the Prime Minister has set for the country, that by December 31st, the whole country's eligible population shall be vaccinated. But today we are in a situation where only half of this is happening. Today, around 4.5 million per day are vaccinated. Current supplies do not give us the picture of how we can achieve 9.7 million, but there are many vaccines in the pipeline. You are reading in the newspaper that the Sputnik vaccine will be scaled up. There are talks with other vaccines, single dose vaccine, double dose vaccines. There are other supplies of vaccine that are going to happen. So therefore, you know, the government is optimistic that they will receive the vaccine in order to complete this task, or we may actually move into 2022 with a section of the population still not fully vaccinated. 
If we look at the full immunization coverage in the different subgroups of the population, healthcare workers, 70% have been vaccinated. Frontline workers who provide essential services, 67% have been vaccinated. In 18 to 45 years age group, only 3% have been fully vaccinated. In the age group of 45 to 49, 22% have been vaccinated. And if we look at 60 plus age group, there are only 29% who have been vaccinated. If we look at the vulnerable population, then we will see that only 67% of the frontline workers, 70% of the health workers, and 29% of the 60 plus, as we have seen in the past graph, are vaccinated. Therefore, 34% of India's vulnerable population have not received a single dose of COVID vaccine as of August 15. Therefore, this is an alarming figure because this needs to be corrected. This needs to be, you know, uh, filled up so that at least we have more than 90% of India's vulnerable population, which is the healthcare worker, frontline worker, more than 60 years plus vaccinated with two doses of vaccine. So we all know that there are three vaccines that we have today, Covishield, Covaxin, and Sputnik. We know, you know who are their suppliers. These vaccines have been approved in multiple countries and uh, they have an efficacy rate which is uh, above the one that is prescribed by WHO as minimum standards for efficacy. All of these vaccines are safe. There is a safety surveillance program continuing in the country to capture any untoward event and their relationship to the vaccine. There is no alarm that the Indian Council of Medical Research or the Government of India has put on these vaccines. So we hear of this uh, from our Honorable Prime Minister on Atmanirbhar Bharat, self-reliant India. Today, if we look at India, there are 21 licensed human vaccine indigenous manufacturers in India. 14 of them belong to the private sector, seven to the public sector units and government sector. These are the powerhouse of vaccine manufacturing in India. And these are the ones which make India one of the world's largest supplier of vaccines in routine immunization and through the campaigns that happen globally. Now, during our polio and measles days, uh, one of the things that we learned from the community, when we asked them a very simple question as to why will you not vaccinate? In that case, it was more about their children. There are four types of answers that we got. The first one was that because I know or I have heard of something around the vaccine being bad, the vaccine making me important, the vaccine causing harm to my body. I know from my neighbor about something. I know from the media about something. This is all about awareness, apprehension, lack of confidence. The second set of answers that we heard is that vaccines are not our priority. We want the midday meal program to be better in our area. We need the, our children to get the nutrition that they should get. We need a road, we need a hospital, we need a post office, various other things. If these are fulfilled, we are ready to take the vaccine. Don't come and give us the vaccine, but not give us the other essential things that we want. In this case, the issue was more around awareness and also around there being other priorities. 
The third thing that we used to hear as an answer is because I cannot. This is primarily we used to hear from the daily laborers, from the daily wage earners who left their houses early in the morning, returned late at night. Particularly, I remember in some parts of West Bengal, Bihar, where I used to travel in the villages, they used to tell us that we leave very early in the morning to get some work in the nearest town and we come back late. When will we go and vaccinate our children? We do not have the time. If you make the vaccine available at a time when we are available at our house, then we will definitely take our children and get them vaccinated. The fourth thing was a very unique feature that we heard during the measles vaccination. This one in Tamil Nadu, Karnataka, and some parts of Kerala, also in Punjab, where you know people, parents got very angry because some of the schools had actually vaccinated the children without informing the parents, without taking consent from the parents. The children returned home and they said that today we have received an injection in the uh, hospital in the in the school, and uh, they said that this is a measles vaccine. They have given us a card for our record. Parents got very angry at why the school gave the vaccine without informing them. Therefore, parents said that we will not vaccinate our children unless the school takes consent from us, unless the school actually discusses with us in detail about what is this vaccine, why is it being given, and all of that. This was an issue about transpar transparency, about trust building, about awareness. So if we now look at some of the key insights into COVID vaccine acceptance, what are we hearing from the field? One thing that is very clear, that the attitude of communities between and within states is evolving and dynamic. The problem in Kerala is not the problem in Bihar, and the problem in Bihar is not the problem in Mizoram. It's very different from each other. So this is primarily driven by infection transmission, by supply of vaccine, by responsible media coverage, by geopolitical issues. We did hear very unfortunately, some of the state leaders in some of the uh, states speak about some vaccines not being good and that influenced the communities there. Therefore, you know, the geopolitical issue was an important issue. The second thing that we saw is that in generating demand, the most critical dialogue is with the uncertain minds. So there are three kinds of minds. One who is certain that they will take the vaccine. They have been eagerly waiting for the vaccine. Then there are the uncertain minds. And then there are very adamant and clear people who have a very clear idea that they will not accept the vaccine due to multiple issues. Now, almost half the uncertain cohort will be driven by issues of supply and access. A fifth of the cohort are tough resistant. I know someone from Calcutta, a family member of mine, a very elderly person of 80 years of age, who went uh, to the vaccination center. On the first day, the person did not receive the vaccine because the vaccine was not there, not available. Then the person went a few days after, and there was such a big crowd there that the person felt very unsafe, thought that this is the place where I might actually get COVID, and he came back. It was very difficult to pursue him to go for a third time to get the vaccine. But after that, you know, in West Bengal, we had this Duare vaccine uh, program where vaccines were brought to the doorsteps. He got the vaccine very close to his house. So therefore, you know, the uncertain cohort, which gets, uh, you know, 
motivated not to take the vaccine is often driven by supply and access. But as we said, a fifth of the cohort are tough resistant. They will not accept the vaccine due to multiple reasons. The third thing very important to know is that facts alone do not influence the uncertain mind. Earlier, you know, what we used to try is that we used to give them scientific information. We used to talk to them about how many countries have accepted the vaccine. Those do not work. Generally, they work to a certain extent, but the facts sometimes do not work because the people who tell the facts, they are not known to the community. They think that these are people who are coming from a very high up in the society or in the hierarchy. They come and tell us something. And after that, they go back. Now we are left to fend for ourselves. So therefore, one of the best lessons that we have learned is that the facts must be told by them who the community trusts and those who engage deep and wide with the community, the health workers, the local village practitioner, the local village panchayat member, the uh, priest, uh, the person in the Malawi, uh, the school teacher, whom the community can connect to and the community can reach in order to ensure that if anything happens after the vaccine, uh, you know, injection in their body, uh, they can they can hold that person accountable. And finally, access and availability are prerequisites to overcome any uncertainty towards vaccination. If we don't have a an uninterrupted supply, if we don't have a solid pipeline of vaccine supply, there is no point trying to raise demand because demand will be raised. But if they do not receive the vaccine, the uh, hesitancy or the resistance towards vaccine will go manifold. So what drives the uncertain mind, the uncertain mind that we were talking about that we need to address very closely? One is trust deficit. I don't believe the government. I don't believe the health worker who gives me the vaccine. I don't believe the manufacturers. They are capitalists. They try to, you know, kind of exploit us. The second is around low prioritization. That vaccines are, you know, not very important. If I lead a very a peaceful life, if I don't get out of the house, if I wear a mask, if I sanitize myself, why will I need a vaccine? One of my, you know, fellow uh, uh, colleagues, uh, her father uh, was absolutely, uh, you know, adamant that will not take the vaccine because he was saying that, you know, I am 85 years old. I don't get out of the house. Why should I take the vaccine? My child does not stay with me. I have stopped the household person. I'm staying alone. And uh, there is no reason why I will get the infection. So therefore, the vaccine.